Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome into Attacking Third. Lisa Roman here with a quick show note before we dive into the episode. We have a double episode here for you, so make sure you stick around for the entire thing. In the first half, Sandra and I give our reactions and our thoughts to the NWSL hiring their newest commissioner in Jessica Berman. Then in the second half of the episode, Sandra and I have an exclusive interview with Jessica Berman. We talk about Berman's developing relationships with the players, not just in the Players Association, but also the Black Women's Players Collective, her experience in the National Lacrosse League, her thoughts on all of the events that happened in 2021, and her plans to move the league forward into the future. So make sure you stick around for an exclusive interview with NWSL Commissioner Jessica Berman in the second half of this episode. But first, hear from Sandra and I on our initial thoughts and reactions to this new hiring. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports, joined today as always by my colleague and co-host Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and broadcaster for CBS Sports. On today's episode, you're going to catch us reacting live to the hiring of new NWSL commissioner Jessica Berman. If you're joining us on YouTube, welcome. Make sure you drop a few comments. If you have any questions, leave us some questions. We'd love to hear from you, as always. And let's just hop right into it. Breaking news this morning for NWSL. How are you doing today, Lisa? I'm good. I mean, what a day. What a way to start Wednesday, right? Nine days ahead of the Challenge Cup. And the league finally has announced his new commissioner. She's not starting today, but announced it today. And she's made a lot of public appearances. Um, yeah, let, let's just dive right into it, Sandra. Yeah, I love it. Again, if you're joining us, drop us some uh, drop us some comments in the uh, in the live chat there on YouTube. If you're new to us, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third for all breaking news and all other women's soccer content. So today, March 9th on CBS Mornings, uh, the NWSL presented Jessica Berman as the new league commissioner, joining really joining the league after several months long search for a new commissioner. Lisa, we should maybe dive into a timeline of things of how the league maybe got mm -hmm. here to needing to uh, fill the position of a new league commissioner, obviously coming off of a tumultuous 2021 late in the 2021 season where there was a bit of a, a reckoning as we've heard players uh, refer to this timeline. 
uh, stories, uh, allegations, uh, several head coaches, uh, you know, removed from positions either for cause, uh, you know, for uh, or terminated for, you know, toxic environments, uh, harassment, um, reporting around uh, stories of sexual misconduct stemming back to 2015. And uh, all of this coming to light uh, during a very, very long season uh, due to the reporting and ultimately the mishandling of those allegations. A resignation took place of former commissioner Lisa Baird and uh, general counsel Lisa Levine. And then all of a sudden uh, the Lee found themselves without a commissioner uh, an executive committee was put into place, uh, brought in interim CEO Marla Messing. And she's been with the league sort of overseeing the day to day operations of things since October adjacent to an ongoing search for a new commissioner. Now, here we are in March of 2022, just ahead of the Challenge Cup, ahead of the 2022 season. And now the league can say there is a new commissioner in charge and it is Jessica Berman. And the hiring comes with a little bit of a collaborative effort. Uh, it was a search that was conducted with some representatives across the NWSL Board of Governors and a player search committee. When you look at this news, Lisa, what were some of your first reactions when you saw this drop? Um, I, I like that she's already been an executive in the sports world. She was with the National Lacrosse League for two and a half years as a high executive with them, I think serving specifically as the deputy commissioner and the executive vice president of the National Lacrosse League for their business affairs. So the fact that she already had a sports background and and not like the NFL or the WNBA, but like the National Lacrosse League, which is similar I'm going to say in scope to the NWSL in that it's a league with a smaller number of clubs that has a lot of growth that still needs to come from it and is continuing to grow. So I honestly liked that because it was almost like from our people to our people, she comes. Um, but I was able to watch her on CBS mornings this morning and watch. They, they did an interview with her live sitting at the anchor desk. And, and frankly, my first thought was, She's pretty like normal. I mean, that sounds so weird to say, but she can speak off the cuff. She's knowledgeable about not only her role and, and what she needs to do as a commissioner, but she's really knowledgeable about the league, about the CBA that was just passed, about the expansion clubs coming in, about working with the NWSLPA. And, and she she knows a lot about this. She has the knowledge in, in her mind already to kind of speak candidly about these things, hold herself to a professional standard and level and kind of say, this is what I'm going to do. And this is how I'm going to make this league better. So I was, I was a little hesitant. I'm going to be honest. I didn't know her. I didn't know her name before this announcement. Um, and then as I watched her speak and watched her do those interviews, I felt more comfortable, more confident in her uh, abilities as commissioner of this, this league, because Sandra, you and I have talked over the last several months, um, after everything that happened in, in 2021, that any person that was going to step in as commissioner of the NWSL didn't necessarily have big shoes to fill, but they were going to have a lot on their plate. They were going to basically <laughs> accept a, a thankless job that had a lot of knots to untangle. And whoever was going to do that needed to be strong-headed, smart, competent, uh, 
really confident and comfortable in their own abilities and what they wanted to do and be able to kind of enforce that on the league and, and kind of come into this and say, these are the changes I'm going to make. This is why I'm going to do them and then actually make them happen. So um, ultimately, I think I'm pretty happy with this decision with, with Jessica Berman, Berman stepping in. What about you when you, when you first saw this and first heard this, um, have you heard of Jessica before this? Did you know that she was in with the NLL before? Well, I'll say this. I, I'm not unfamiliar with the National Lacrosse League. I think uh, maybe that rang a little bell for, for mm-hmm. folks who have uh, been paying attention to NWSL for a while now. I think people might remember the National Lacrosse League kind of also having to, to make their return to play in 2020. And they did that shortly after the Challenge yes. Cup. There was a little bit of a shared facility that was uh, happening there out in Utah as teams found or as leagues and teams found their way returning to play in 2020, but not super familiar with the actual, uh, you know, makeup of the administrative level of the the NNL. I'm going to admit that full stop on this podcast. I can't sit here and say, yes, I am 100% familiar with the front office makeup of the National Lacrosse League. That is just simply untrue. But I will say this, sort of seeing this announcement come to life, reading the the release from from the league uh, and sort of looking deeper at Berman's experience coming directly from the NNL, I think, like you mentioned, I think is a good way to note that you're sort of coming from uh, maybe what people consider a niche area or a niche per, a niche sport in this in this country. But even looking further into her overall experience in general, you know, yes, as a deputy commir- uh, commissioner in the NNL, but also extensive experience over a decade in the National Hockey League, right? Uh, going, you know, from uh, some council, deputy general council, going to, you know, vice president of community development, culture and growth and executive director for the NHL Foundation. Uh, So this is somebody who has, you know, both a a legal background, right, a background in law in terms of, you know, uh, having coming out of Fordham University School of Law, but also with a sports background. You know, Uh, I think that was also, uh, you know, very exciting to see. And like you mentioned, it's it's from certain areas of sport that people might not recognize right away, right? Like you mentioned, it's not, you don't look at this and say like, oh, like this one's from, <laughs> this person's coming from the, uh, the, the the NFL. Like, no, it's, it's look, it's across like the national lacrosse league. So that's something that stood out to me, but uh, probably the first reaction I had to this was the fact that this, this commissioner who just got hired, right. Who is now going to, to lead this league for the next four years, Four years. It's a four year term. Yeah. Right. That's the first thing that's it's they put a a timeline on it. Number one. And then and adjacent to number one, like one A and one B for me was the fact that this was basically a collaborative effort in terms of this ongoing search. Right. When we look at the longevity of this league its foundation in 2013 to now approaching its 10th year in 2022, there have been you can count them on one hand the amount of commissioners that there have been, right? And you can even make an argument that maybe there's a, a debate of how many there actually were, right? When you look at Jeff Plush or when you look at Lisa Baird and when you mention somebody like Amanda Duffy who was never actually given the title, yet given all of the responsibility and given a, a faux title of president of operations by the board of governors at the time. So two to three, right, I think is the argument to be made. But when we're looking at this hire for Jessica Berman, you have – 
uh, NWSL Board of Governors that they announced in the release who was a part of that, right? So I think that's the transparency in that. I think is something that people have been looking for as followers of NWSL. Who's on the Board of <laughs> Governors? So in this case, it's a represent a representation of, of certain clubs. So there were five folks who were representing the 12 clubs on the Board of Governors, but there was also that player search committee, which I think is very, yeah. very big uh, for us to sort of maybe take a look at and maybe we'll lean into that a little bit here right now because again when we're looking at the timeline of commissioners this is the first time that there's ever been an actual player committee search that was involved adjacent to this sort of you know ongoing collective you know investigation or search or, or reaching out to potential candidates to come in and take this position because that's the other side of things that we have to look at as as, as people are kind of kind of cautiously celebrating this the fact that that hasn't been in existence before and that this was an ongoing search for as long as it was because maybe people aren't comfortable saying this, but this is probably a job that people were looking at that was untouchable, that it was something yes. that was not a desirable position. Exactly. That's what I think too. I mean, it, looking at everything that happened in the last year, even uh, having to hire coaches and having to kind of uh, fill that role and, and really almost build down, like deconstruct what's already there to kind of reconstruct because anyone that, that looks at this league and wants to be involved, knows the potential, knows that the players are so skilled, that they are icons, that they are role models and leaders and game changers. And they have the potential to change everything and really elevate this sport and elevate this league throughout the country. So if you want to be part of this, you know that already, but then as someone who comes in as a commissioner, you need to know how to do that and how to kind of create good culture from the inside out and not move forward with allegations or anything like that and, and kind of have a good foundation um, of everything that is going on uh, within this league. So to have already a, kind of your finger on the pulse of what the players want and what the players need. And that's something that um, she mentioned when she was on CBS mornings is that she did work in labor law and that she understands how important it is to have the voices of your employees, which in this case is the players and player safety comes first. And she said, we are building a, a relationship with the players and with the NWSLPA because we cannot do anything without them. They cannot do anything without us and we cannot do anything without them. It's, I think she used the term, it's like a marriage that cannot have a divorce, um, which I kind of liked that. It was almost like the honesty of there maybe wasn't a great relationship in the past from these two, but moving forward with, with me, Jessica uh, Berman at the front of this league, we are going to have a relationship and we are going to move forward together and take steps forward to make this one of the best leagues in the entire world, which I, I think is a good tone to set. Just, I mean, frankly, the fact we've spoken with so many players, Sandra, and we've spoken with Megan Burke, executive director of the NWSLPA, and just how their voices are important, their their safety is important, what their needs are as professional athletes is important. And the fact that Jessica Berman said that and said these players are important um, – but she didn't just say it. She she almost said we need them to move forward to make this league work. That was very promising to me. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you there. I also you mentioned uh, Megan Burke, you know, someone who was part of this, the player side, right, of the of the search committee in terms of, uh, you know, keeping our, our viewers here and our listeners here uh, informed uh, the player search committee. 
included Megan Burke, but it also included uh, players like Crystal Dunn, Kaylee Collins, Jane Campbell, Brevis Zali, Nicole Barnhart, Emily Mangus, Tori Huster. Uh, you know, we heard a lot about uh, Emily Mangus specifically and Tori Huster, you know, players who were uh, these essential players, right, as part of the uh, recently ratified uh, CBA that's going to be in place now for the next five years for for players in terms of the board of governors for the cl- five clubs that were uh, represented and included and An- Angela Hughley's of Angel City, mm-hmm. Michael Love of Portland Thorns, Chris Long of Kansas City Current, Sophie Savage of Old Rain, and Mark Wilf of Orlando Pride. So a number of people involved, right, in terms of having to have several in- interviews, search different candidates and and eventually say this is this is who we want to offer the position to Jessica Berman, as I mentioned, uh, will begin a four year term as commissioner. So there is a deadline on it. That's not going to begin until April 20th. However, and in the meantime, uh, interim CEO Marla Messing will still be on board for NWSL duty uh, all the way through May. May 31st. So uh, we'll still be in charge of the day uh, day to day operations until Berman comes on board April 20th and remain on board as sort of kind of in an advisory position. Right. For for Berman, for, uh, you know, any questions. Right. Someone may have to sort of be on this uh, on this position. Um, And uh, that can only maybe serve as as a good thing moving forward for somebody like uh, for for Berman. You know, and uh, I'm excited to to sort of see this this next era of things. Right. You know, I think even when you're looking at just a, a short time, you're talking five months or so on the job for somebody like messing. That's a we're talking about this particular position and how maybe it's not an easy job yeah. to have. Like you mentioned already, Lisa, kind of a thankless <laughs> position. And then for somebody like messing to kind of come on board in October 2021 and then sort of go through these these really big waves that were happening towards the end of the season, whether it was uh, dealing with the negative headlines around the league, you know, interfighting happening with the Washington spirit situation to sort of seeing all of these things through. Now, yeah. as we go into Challenge Cup, there is a CBA that's been ratified. You know, the Washington spirit has <laughs> new ownership and it was a record-breaking, you know, sale, $35 million completion uh, sale for, for the spirit in terms of transfer of ownership. So there's a, a lot of things that I'm sure somebody like Messing can point to and, yes. and look at as, as victories, you know, and I'm sure the players as well. Um, also, you know, sort of having their role in this as well. Within the release, executive director Megan Burke mentioned, a strong commissioner is vital to the future of the growth of NWSL in this process. The Players Commissioner Search Committee focused on finding a candidate who understood that the strength and success of players and our union is integral to the success of the NWSL. And she went on to say that we support the selection of Commissioner Berman and look forward to working alongside her to achieve the common goal of building an NWSL WSL that sets the global standard for women's professional soccer. Um, some big endorsements here, yes, right for 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 Berman, and uh, we're excited to continue this conversation as well. I think we've got some fun stuff coming up in the works, right, Lisa? 
We do. We are are very excited about this. I mean, just announced today, but we will speak with new commissioner Jessica Berman later. So check back on Attacking Third. We will have a conversation with her to kind of ask her all of these questions, um, kind of hear about her background, hear her plans for the league. Um, I'm excited about it. This is 2022, Sandra. We're here. We have the Challenge Cup around the corner. There are really high hopes for the league, for the front office of the NWSL. And, and frankly, Berman has four years, which is a long time in a league that is starting its 10th year. And she has four years at, at the head of it. Um, that's a long time. But I think that uh, the decision that has come to this point, it wasn't easy. It was a long road for the NWSLPA, uh, the players, the board, uh, representatives from the clubs to come to make this decision, interview a lot of different people, make sure they are the correct ones for this. And now that we have a new commissioner, let's turn the page. Let's get going, right? Like, let's see what this year is all about. I'm here for it. We're here for it. We're going to continue covering it uh, as more things continue to develop. Uh, please stay tuned with us uh, as we have an interview eventually with Jessica Berman and maybe some other folks who had a say in this process. We're excited to continue uh, following and covering uh, the news as usual. We want to thank everybody for joining us. Thank you so much for, for listening along, leaving comments and engaging with us as always. In the second half of today's episode, we have an exclusive interview with Jessica Berman, the newest commissioner of the NWSL. She talks about her experience prior in the National Lacrosse League, how she wants to develop relationships with the players in the NWSL, how she's hoping to move the league forward. And she even opens up about mental health and why it is so important for her. Take a listen. Finding the right cleat can be transformative. Believe me, I've worn plenty during my career. So getting the right balance is crucial. The cleat needs to feel good on your foot, but also feel good connecting with the ball. The New Balance Furon 7 Plus is built with both of those points in mind, offering overall comfort and precise striking in the game's fastest moments. Because, as I learned the hard way, because I didn't possess much of it, speed matters in soccer. That's why the Furon 7 Plus is built for accuracy and precision at rapid pace and is engineered specifically for use on firm ground. Why is this the ideal cleat, I hear you ask? Well, not to get too scientific, but the Furon 7 Plus offers a lightweight yet supportive hypo-knit with mesh lining upper construction and is paired with offset lacing for a truer strike of the ball, which is a long way of me saying that your game will immediately get better when these are on your feet. Learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, joined today as always by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman. On today's episode, we are thrilled to have a special guest, NWSL Commissioner Jessica Berman. A busy morning for you. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today, Jessica? I'm doing well. I've had quite a day, but it's <laughs> been super exciting and I'm happy to be here with you guys. 
we're thrilled to have you joining us. Obviously, like you mentioned, busy, busy day so far, and it kind of feels like it's still just getting started. Uh, obviously, the interview uh, process for hiring a new commissioner was obviously a lengthy one, right? This has sort of been months in the making. Uh, let's just start maybe with a little bit of a simple one. How does it feel to finally have this announcement be made public and, and how have uh, the reactions been for you? It's been so positive. Uh, the soccer community more broadly has been unbelievably welcoming and really just trying to help me get up to speed on all the different components. And it's really exciting to be part of a sport that has such global reach, uh, which is really for me, sort of a new and very interesting element professionally. I'm very excited to sort of learn about all the different intersections of the sport and the national teams and FIFA and international competition. I know firsthand being a fan of soccer and women's soccer in particular, the power of these athletes when they play for national teams. So I'm excited to sort of dig in on the global side. I'm excited to just get to know people on a personal level. Um, this morning was absolutely phenomenal. It was a dream come true, especially because my two children were there with me, cheering me on in the, in the green room. So um, I loved it. A long process, as Sandra mentioned, but you, you kind of made it right. This is the announcement. This is the the little finish line of this whole process. But it was a long process, and the league made it known that players and the NWSLPA were involved in the hiring of you as their new commissioner. So, with the players involved and and the hiring process, how have you interacted with the players, and and kind of like how has your interaction with the players been throughout this hiring process? Well, first I have to say that I was so impressed that the union and the group of players who I met with were involved in the process and had a seat at the table to contribute to the decision and give their opinions and have their voice be heard. I don't know that there, that story hasn't been told uh, from what I'm aware enough, um, because I don't know of a single commissioner search where players and the union were involved in meeting candidates before a commissioner was selected. I, I just think it's really a best practice and really uh, a perfect opportunity for me to really lean into my background, which is really all about collective bargaining, labor relations, and really the strength of a sports property built through a, the partnership with the union. And I think it's counterintuitive for most people who are on the outside looking in. People think that those relationships should be contentious, that it makes sense to not get along. I was raised by labor lawyers who taught me from the beginning of my career that labor relations and the relationship between management and union is a marriage where you can't get a divorce and actually the NWSL and every other sports league could not conduct their business without their union relationship, um, at least not the way that they conduct their businesses. And so the strength of that relationship is key. It's very important to me personally and professionally to provide an opportunity for the players and the union to get to know me on a personal level, to know that my door is always open, virtual door, whatever door that is, whether it's email or text or whatever. Um, I, I just, I really am excited to sort of reset the tone and really help them to be part of the process as they have been over the last several months. And the fact that they were part of the hiring process is a really good example of that. 
Yeah, I think it's one of the sort of key points that people are sort of honing in on, right? The fact that players have been so involved in this process. And for you yourself, you're I'm going to maybe ask you to, to take off the commissioner hat for just a brief moment because you're joining the league after a very tumultuous 2021 season. There was a lot of headlines around coaching terminations, uh, player demonstrations, uh, CBA negotiations for yourself, just as Jessica Berman, not Jessica Berman commissioner. What were your own reactions to sort of seeing those developments as they were happening in real time? Is someone just sort of taking them in uh, Jason to, to everyone else? Yeah, I, I appreciate that because I, I there's a human element yeah, to this, absolutely. and mm-hmm. it was sad for me to see because um, I believe that regardless of what is uncovered and transpires in the investigation, at the end of the day, this sport and this league genuinely wants to provide a safe environment for players and everyone in the ecosystem. And safety is not just physical safety; it's emotional and mental health safety. And it was just sad to see because um, those things are challenges and things that absolutely have to be addressed. Um, On a personal level, again, to your question, Sandra, my mom's actually a psychologist. So um, I was raised in a home where mental health was really important and completely destigmatized. I was raised to believe that you know, you can have a sad day and that's the same as spraining your ankle. Like you just have ups and downs. And if you need help, just like you would go to an orthopedist for a tweak in your knee or a shoulder, you would go seek help from a subject matter expert who can help you sort of sort through or process whatever your issues were. I've been in therapy my whole life. Um, It's just like part of how I was raised. And so as I've gotten older and seen how much of a challenge that is for people and how environments that don't foster that kind of openness can really hold back people from reaching their full potential. It's something on a personal level, as you said, that I'm very passionate about. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's something that we didn't know and maybe our listeners didn't know. So I appreciate the the antidote. And I think it's really important to sort of hear something like that, especially kind of considering like one of the components of the new CBA that was recently ratified was an emphasis on the importance of, of mental health. Right. So asking you, unfortunately, to put that commissioner hat back on with sort of all of these things uh, in place and, and, and your personal attachment to these things, hearing all of this and watching it all unfold, have you already begun to, to have conversations in terms of what are the possible next steps to ensure, uh, you know, that the players are, you know, continue to, to be thought of first and, and have safe environments? Well, I'm uh, minus 40 days or so from my start yes. date. So <laughs> although I have been drinking from a fire hose on all things soccer and NWSL related for the last, I don't know, week or so. Um, I have a lot to learn before I can really set a specific agenda and really um, decide what the next steps need to be. I do know that the league and the player association are working closely together on the investigation. And I have no doubt it will be one of the areas that I get up to speed on in the coming days and excited to hit the round running on April 20th. As you mentioned, April 20th, like minus 40 days or so. But uh, until then, interns, 
interim CEO of the league, Marla Messing. She was in the role since October 2021. She helped negotiate. She launched investigations. She helped with the ownership battles. Uh, she was involved in the league's first ever CBA. Um, you will be working alongside her uh, the first month of, of your tenure as commissioner until the end of May. What are you looking to learn from Marla Messing during that transition period? Well, first, I have to say that I am such a believer in women supporting women, and I'm so grateful to Marla for being willing and being gracious and allowing me to learn from her and really get up to speed. I, I know that both I personally and professionally, as well as the league, will have benefit from that. And so uh, I'm hoping to learn really her insights, her observations, um, the areas that she's found to be challenging, the opportunities that she saw that maybe uh, didn't materialize in the six months that she was here. And I, I think that continuity is really important and appreciate the long transition period. Part of the reason, most of the reason for the long transition period in terms of me starting is that I have some duties I need to wrap up in my current role um, where I, like Marla, am acting in the commissioner capacity uh, for the National Lacrosse League. So there's some parallels there that I could definitely relate to um, in terms of her transition. And I'm very grateful that she's helpful and willing to support me. I think that's a great transition for us because we actually wanted to ask you a little bit about the NNL, the National uh, Lacrosse League. You are joining NWSL with a ton of experience behind you throughout various leagues, but directly via right now recently with the NNL, a league that's also sort of carving out a space among pro sports in the United States. Uh, for, for yourself, what are some similarities or even differences between these two leagues that you think might be helpful to you in your new position? So many similarities that uh, even in my final round of interviews with the board, they were also commenting that some of the experiences I was drawing upon seemed very analogous. Um, it, we're both challenger properties. I, I guess that's probably the, the starting point. Um, and we're emerging. So uh, the idea that we are really growing, um, risk tolerant, looking for innovation, providing a platform for both partners in the media as well as sponsorship place to test and learn within the sport, uh, focused on fan engagement, um, bringing the sport to fans, the next generation of fans specifically who are digitally savvy, uh, using their phones to be able to access the sport anywhere, anytime, um, and just really thinking differently about how we show up as a sports property, knowing that we really are a form of entertainment. I feel like a lot of those same themes are themes that I've heard in terms of what the league is, uh, their identity and how they're looking to grow. And so I think a lot of those commonalities um, will translate. I, I guess one other area I would mention is just in the expansion context uh, in the last two and a half years at, that I've been at the National Lacrosse League, we've expanded by two teams and the NLL is now a 15 team league. I know that the NWSL has been talking about more expansion. They have two new expansion teams coming in this season with Angel City and San Diego. And um, I'm confident that that will be something that is a top priority for me in the coming months as I get on board and the league looks to grow its national footprint. Well, while I have you here, Jessica, I would like to make an argument for a team in Philadelphia 
for, for <laughs> us. So I'm just, just putting that out there. Our listeners know that I, I live in Philadelphia. I'm from Philly and I'm, I'm waiting for an NWSL club here. Um, but at, for your own personal goals, as you step into this role, um, April 20th and, and the challenge cup is on its way. And then the regular season, what personal goals do you have as you kind of look ahead to this year? Well, I, ha- I have to say that uh, I am a firm believer in sport as a platform to change the world. Nelson Mandela's quote sits above me but in my home office, and it is my daily inspiration. It is the reason I work in sports. And for that reason, uh, that is really my North Star. And the thing that on a daily basis, as someone who's really obsessed with diversity and sports as a platform to unite communities, really finding a way to build upon the momentum that the league has had to have the NWSL unite the communities where they play. And uh, that that will be a key focus. And I think really syncs nicely with the social impact and activism focus of these players and how focused they are on using their platform for social change. I love that. You know, there has been a lot of emphasis on players first over the last several months as, as there should be. And obviously players were included in the commissioner search. And we've been talking a little bit extensively about that right now with you. Um, it's, it's been a whirlwind, uh, so to speak. Maybe you might not have had time to reach out specifically uh, to the NWSL PA, uh, but are there plans to uh, reach out to the NWSLPA specifically outside of just the players committee search or also the black women's player collective? Uh, and if you haven't had the time yet, what kind of relationship would you like to have with these groups? I'm actually uh, very pleased to share that I've spoken with those individuals. I spoke with Midge last night. Um, I have been having daily conversations with Megan Burke already, who leads the union. Um, you know, again, with my background in labor relations, those partnerships are so important. And uh, it was really one of the first calls that I made when I found out that I was going to be assuming this role is to begin to build a relationship with those individuals and the constituents that they represent. So, um, we've had a lot of conversations that are conceptual about my approach to labor relations, about their approach to the um, collective bargaining agreement and what challenges are before us. And I actually view this next stage, the next five years where we actually have a CBA in place as the opportunity to build the solid foundation that will be required to negotiate our next deal. Um, that will be here before you know it. And we have to lay the groundwork now to build the trust and credibility that's required in order to maintain the benefits of labor peace. The relationships between you, the league and the players is so important, but in order to grow the league and in order to kind of grow the fan base and expansion teams and everything, you also need um, other relationships and deals. NWSL entering now its 10th year. It just announced a deal with Delta Airlines, its very first airline deal. Um, Are there more partnership deals like this, similar in, in scope and in grandosity like this in place for the league? Well, I, I'm excited to get to know the chief revenue officer, Mitch Pohl, who leads all those conversations. My understanding is the answer is yes. One of the reasons to be excited about this league is that there is corporate support for the NWSL and uh, women's sports in general is a business now. This is needs to be thought of not as charity, 
not as a check the box. This is a nice thing to have, but there are real fans who want to spend real time and real money at supporting this league and that uh, we're worth investing in from a sponsorship perspective. And so I'm excited to be part of those discussions and I'm definitely excited that Delta is a partner because that's my airline of choice on a personal level. So um, I, I would have been sad to learn that I had to give up my status on Delta. That is my airline. I love that so much. You know, Jessica, this has been a fun conversation. I, I want to thank you for, for, for joining us. But what we like to do to close out these interviews, with, and we've done this with, with players, uh, and we're going to do the same with you and treat you just like like all of our, our player guys. So we'd like to close out interviews with maybe a little bit of a fun or a lighter-hearted question. And something else that stood out to me that was of probably equal importance, including all of your accolades, was the fact that you're a, not just a, a mom to two sons, but a dog mom as well. You talked to me a little bit about uh, your two rescue dogs. Uh, maybe they're share their names and uh, what are your, some of your favorite things about being Oh, you just made my mom. day. You Good. just made my day. That's what they should have asked me on CBS Morning Show to make me totally <laughs> relaxed. Um yeah, I have two rescue dogs. Uh the older one's name is Abby and she's approaching 8. Um she's actually a cancer survivor. Uh she is like my my life. I'm like connected to her at the heart. Um and my other dog is a COVID puppy, also a rescue. And uh, his name is Charlie. And he annoys Abby every second of every day. And we're constantly yelling at him. He's a pesky little puppy, but he's adorable as well. I love that, Abby and Charlie. Welcome to NWSL. We want to thank all of our listeners at the end of the show for joining us and listening. So thank you to the audience for joining along. Jessica Berman, thank you. And best of luck this year. Everyone, you can follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third for more. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to your podcast shows. We're also available as video. Subscribe to us at youtube.com slash Attacking Third. For Sandra Herrera, Lisa Roman, Jessica Berman, this was Attacking Third. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.